Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I'm Helen Tuffer. And I'm Sarah Ellis. And you're listening to the Squiggly Careers podcast, where each week we talk about a different topic to do with work and discuss practical ideas and actions to help you find your way through all of our increasingly squiggly world of work. And this week, before we get started on our topic about how to learn from your mistakes, of which we have made plenty and people (laughs) always want to hear us talk about, we just wanted to let you know, if you don't know, and if you follow us on any platform, you probably will, we did a TED Talk, hooray, and you can watch it now. (laughs) Uh, I do feel like we might have talked about it a bit because quite a few people messaged me and they were like, oh, well done, I feel like I've really been there with you. And I thought, oh, have we talked about it a bit too much, maybe? Oh, maybe, I don't know, but, but it's here now. I will put the link, I mean, it is on Instagram and it is on LinkedIn, but we will put the link on the description for this podcast. So if you haven't seen it and you want a quick way to find it, we would love your feedback. You'll know that it was a big thing for both of us and something we're really proud of. More importantly, it's an amazing platform to talk about squiggly careers and how people can help each other succeed at work. So yeah, please do watch it. We're proud of it. And it's a nice memory and a funny time as well. And actually today we're recording this on Monday and it goes out tomorrow. But today, as well as it being International Women's Day, we also have launched the Squiggly Careers Advocate Awards. So this is a, an award program that we're running to recognise 100 people who are advocating squiggly careers. You know, whether you're a manager who's helping someone to look at their career in a different way, or maybe you're a mentor and you're supporting people with their development, or maybe you're someone who's got a passion for a particular topic and you've set up a community or a network to help people learn from each other. Whatever you're doing to help people with their learning, careers and development, we want to recognise and support you. And so if you think you are a squiggly career advocate and you'd like to be part of this community of 100 people who we are going to give lots of free learning to for a year and lots of resources to help you continue to develop so that you can help other people, apply, apply. You can find out more. Again, I'll put the link in the description for this podcast. But if you want to go straight to the detail, you just need to go to amazingif.com forward slash advocates and you will find out everything there. So on to this week's topic, how to learn from your mistakes. I was saying to Helen before we started, usually I find like researching these podcasts, I'm really interesting and I'm learning lots. All this podcast made me think about, particularly in the shower, was all the mistakes that I've made in my career. So I feel like I don't find it hard to remember them because I always struggle with kind of moving on. I think from making mistakes, I definitely hold on to them a bit too tightly. I think I could list 
massive long list now of all the mistakes that I've made. Sounds like a horrendous shower. Yeah. <laughs> it's not been the it's actually not been particularly therapeutic. A bit more when we get to some of the ideas we're going to talk about. And I was thinking, yeah, I need to do some of these things. But the reason we wanted to talk about mistakes is there are two challenges that we have to overcome. One is a more general one that we are probably a bit less in control of, is that certainly historically, and when companies were more set up for ladder-like careers and approaches to our thinking, the focus really was about performance rather than learning. And so it was all about tasks and efficiency and productivity. And those things are obviously still important, but they were they were kind of much more critical and talked about than learning. Than like, oh, if you've made a mistake, what have we learned? Actually, we would expect to make some mistakes. You probably didn't hear leaders, and perhaps you still don't hear leaders that commonly talking about the mistakes that they've made a bit more now. And I think probably Brené Brown has done a very good job of talking about the importance of vulnerability and leaders and everybody being able to be vulnerable. But certainly for most of us, we've probably not grown up in a working world where making mistakes has felt that acceptable or even encouraged. So that's, I think, one context to be aware of. There's almost like a counter mistake culture that has been around. And certainly that's how I feel probably for the first big chunk of my career. I don't think I really felt like I was somewhere that people made lots of mistakes. Can you imagine, you know, on your CV when you have like those bullet points, the key achievements, can you imagine if it also had like key mistakes I've made? That'd be <laughs> like, good though, that'd be so interesting. It? That'd be really interesting. I'd be like, oh, this person's really learned and been involved in some things and, and has so owned their mistakes so much that they could put them in this particular way. It's brave. Yeah, really brave. And like you say, always more interesting. It's always more interesting than people's achievements and their successes. (laughs) Uh, Certainly whenever we talk about our mistakes, I sort of see people's ears kind of pricking up and people ask a lot more questions than when I talk about, oh, we're really proud of this thing. Everyone's like, yeah, move past it, move past it. (laughs) And I think the other reason we wanted to talk about this topic was the point that everyone makes mistakes. And we all have that in common. And when I think we start thinking actively about how we approach and recover from our mistakes, we can learn a lot more from them. So I am definitely someone who previously would have not wanted to tell anyone about my mistakes, would have squirreled away and tried to fix them for myself. They would have spent a long time living in my head. I think when we talk about some of the ideas for action today, I think it helps you to, we're not going to talk about never making a mistake because I think that's unrealistic and I don't think that's useful. But I think there is a way that when mistakes happen, like how can we, I suppose, be better as a result, kind of be even better. I just thought it was helpful. Like I say, I spent too much time thinking about this and my own mistakes over the last few days. And I was thinking, I think there's a useful distinction between mistakes, failures and experiments, which again, just kind of sets the scene for our conversation today. To me, experiments are also really important in our organisations and in squiggly careers, When we're experimenting, we're deliberately trying stuff out. So we've got a hypothesis to kind of follow the language through and we are working out what works and what doesn't. And we expect to make mistakes and we don't anticipate everything working. Kind of failure is inherently part of experimenting. So we're not talking about that today. I think that's also a really fascinating topic, but we'll come back to that a different day. And we're not really going to focus on failure. And I think failures are slightly different in that failures are things that where we don't achieve what we were hoping for i.e 
you fail to get a promotion that you were going for or you fail to get a job that you were hoping you were going to be successful in. Though I think mistakes and failures are more commonly kind of talked about together, for me, mistakes are when something goes wrong that you hadn't anticipated and you didn't intend for it to go wrong. You sort of only know you make a mistake in hindsight, which is almost the point about going, well, you can never get yourself to the point where you're not going to make mistakes because if we knew it was going to happen, you wouldn't do it in the first place, (laughs) Um, which I think is part of the reason I really don't like making mistakes because I definitely have, despite my love of all things squiggly careers, I love control and I love to plan. And I think if you have those kind of tendencies, making mistakes is harder because it's you feel out of control and they're spontaneous. You can't plan for them because if I knew I was going to do it, I would have made sure that I'd have put the hard work in or put the preparation in. And I think that's the thing we really want to focus on today is these unanticipated, unintended mistakes that we all make. And when that happens, what do you do so that you can learn, you can help other people to learn? And like I say, you can be even better at your job as a result. I think that's probably like the hard truth as well, isn't it? Which is that even though making mistakes can feel hard, making mistakes is actually shown to make you better. Yeah. Like the, the relationship between mistakes and resilience is really strong. There's some studies that we will give the links to. And again, you can find them on our website for this podcast. But they show that when you respond to failure or errors or mistakes that you're making, you become more resilient. And that that resilience that you develop results in people having higher self-esteem, actually lower levels of perfectionism (laughs) because they start to realise you can't be perfect all the time and that's not really a realistic aim. But also the thing I found interesting from these studies is that people who are able to sort of make mistakes and then become more resilient as a result of them, they actually have a kind of a more positive way of looking back. So rather than seeing mistakes as sort of like a bad mark on your CV or, you know, something really negative that happened in your past, you can look at it and you can be quite objective about it and you can understand the reasons why, what your contribution to it was and maybe what you've done differently as a result. So you become less defined by the mistakes and they become less of a shadow, I think, over you and what you do in the future. And there's a quote from Elizabeth Day, which I quite like, which is, We are all going to make mistakes. And once you accept that, you can look failure in the face and build up emotional resilience. So without the mistakes, you don't get to the resilience. So hard as it is, it can be helpful. I think there's also a bit of a link back to something that you're probably quite familiar with because we talk about it a lot. And it's growing in appreciation of the idea of growth mindset and fixed mindset, where fixed mindset is you're very defined by your identity today and you protect that and therefore making mistakes is a threat to that identity and you can become quite fixed about your development that you won't put yourself into a situation where there might be a threat of a mistake or where something might go wrong whereas the opposite being growth mindset that you do recognize that mistakes are how you will grow and how you'll become more resilient and you're more able to put yourself into situations that might be difficult and challenging where you might not get everything right because you recognize that basically you become better stronger as a result of that and so that's what we're trying to do we're trying to talk about mistakes in a way that will help you to be resilient and help you to stay in that kind of growth mindset mode as much as possible so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about four ideas for action in terms of in that moment and straight after that moment where you've made a mistake what can you do What can you do so that you can recover, learn as much as you can and move forward and make really positive progress as a result and not sit with those mistakes in an unhelpful way where perhaps your inner critic feels much louder than your inner coach? This is one of those moments where you you really need your 
inner coach to kick into gear Um, and you need to hear them loudly because if that critic creep starts to happen, that's when we blame ourselves, where we, as Helen said, stop trying stuff out. It's where you magnify things. I was reading one article that I thought described mistakes really well where it said your losses loom large. Mm-hmm. You know, like they get really, you, they really magnify in importance and impact in your own minds. And I think that is your inner critic creeping in. So we've got to stop critic creep and we've got to hear our inner coach. So the first thing to remember, and I think we would all know this, but making sure that we say sorry when we do make a mistake. And it sounds obvious, but I think sometimes finding the right way to say sorry can actually be quite difficult because you've got to balance two things. I think you want to take accountability and acknowledge your mistake, but without over-explaining or over-apologising. And that's the kind of the tightrope you need to walk, isn't it? Where probably at that moment you are really beating yourself up. You could end up going into a bit of a vicious cycle of thinking, I'm going to say sorry, but this is all my fault and I've done all these things wrong. And you can lose your confidence, but other people can lose confidence in you as well. Because I think if you overstate a mistake, then people can maybe think, oh, they sound like they're really confused and it could maybe be a bit frustrating. And so I think the sooner you say sorry, the better. I always think as quickly as you can. And I think saying, I'm sorry, if you can acknowledge the other person. So if that person has maybe let you know that something has impacted them negatively, or perhaps there's been a loss of trust in some way, if you can acknowledge how that person might be feeling, And then actually just say, with the benefit of hindsight, what is it that you should have done? Because I think there is a lot of vulnerability and also just a sort of shared empathy in saying that something's gone wrong. So, you know, if you said to someone, I'm sorry, you're right, I should have thought to chat to you um, about that presentation before the meeting. And you just didn't do that. And that's a mistake that you made. And you sort of go, yep, that's absolutely, I kind of got that wrong. Just saying that to someone just shows that you've got the self-awareness, you appreciate the impact it has on that person. That person might have been a bit surprised. They might have been a bit confused. They might have thought, why didn't this person talk to me beforehand? And it's sort of, at that point, you get onto common ground, I think, where if someone says that to you, we all sort of think, do you know what? They've A, taken ownership, but also we all make mistakes. And I think you get to forgiveness, essentially, without wanting to make it sound too kind of dramatic in that moment, because I do think there's a wide range of mistakes that we all make. But I think if quite quickly, you know, if I'd made a mistake and I said to Helen, oh, Helen, I'm really sorry, I got this wrong. I definitely should have done that. Sorry, like, let's learn from it. You know, Helen's going to go, okay, well, fair enough. We can't change it now. You know, there's usually no going back. That mistake has been made. All we can do is, like, help each other kind of for next time so we don't make that mistake again I think maybe just practicing how you would do that whether that's writing it or in person but always think accountability and acknowledging versus over explaining over apologizing I think it neutralizes yeah the the conversation as well and I I think it gives you back a bit of control Mm. because if I don't say sorry let's say something's happened between Sarah and me and I don't say sorry then I'm basically thinking oh what's Sarah going to do next or what's Sarah thinking or how is this going to affect things it's almost until I say sorry that's sort of like my taking back control of that situation and that conversation so that I can get on to what might happen next our idea for action number two is really all about that what might happen next and it's about 
prioritizing how you respond to a mistake rather than how you might react to it in the moment. So when you get anxious and worried and, you know, upset. Defensive. <laughs> Defensive, totally. And I think some of that is normal, but you have to give yourself a time limit. You have to kind of go, I'm going to beat myself up for like 24 hours yeah. and then I'm going to shift from reacting to this to how I respond. And we've got an acronym for you, which is all about learn, how you can learn from your mistakes, how you respond to them in a constructive way. So the learn acronym we've got for you stands for listen, explore, ask, rebuild, and next time. And we'll go through each one of those for you so it kind of makes sense for you. So the first part of the acronym is L for listen. And this is about getting out of your own head a little bit where you might have done all that magnifying stuff that Sarah talked about. It's about listening to other people's perspectives on that mistake. Uh, what do they think the impact of it is? What do they think we could have done differently? It's about getting some feedback because you might just be seeing your view of this mistake and your role in that mistake. But sometimes if you get some feedback from other people, like like if there was another colleague that was working on the project with Sarah and I, and I asked that person, what did you think I did well in that situation? How do you think I could have responded to it differently? I collected some different feedback. It gives me the insight that helps me to take action rather than just kind of getting stuck in my head. Sometimes as well, it helps you to realise that it might not be as bad as you seem. Just when it's your view going around your head, that can sometimes get a bit challenging. So the E is about exploring. So you kind of got all that perspective. This is now about exploring solutions and ideas. What we don't want you to do is make a mistake and then just run right ahead with a solution without having explored that with somebody else because then you might you might just rush into things and we want you to bring people with you as you resolve a mistake. So saying to Sarah... Sarah, I'm really sorry. What do you think we could do differently next time? How do you think we could work on this together? What ideas have you got for how we could approach this differently? Like just collecting some solutions and ideas. The A is for asking for help. When something has gone wrong and you're trying to resolve things, you don't have to do it alone. I think sometimes we think I've made the mistake. I have to respond to it. You don't have to do that alone. And that help can come in lots of different forms. It could come in support because you might have found this situation quite difficult. It could come in like practical ways, like you need to get like all hands on deck so that you can maybe fix things fast if they need to be fixed fast. That doesn't have to be you working 18 hours a day to solve a problem when you're probably more likely to get tired and make mistakes as a result of that. So who do you need to ask for help and what's the help that you need? The R is for rebuilding. When things have gone wrong, you might have a few things to rebuild. And I think it's useful to sort of reflect on what those things are. It might be relationships. I might recognise that some trust has gone out of Sarah and I's relationship. And I might want to think about, well, how am I going to get that trust back? What do I need to do so that we have that trust built into our relationship again. It might be about rebuilding your own confidence. Maybe this has been a really bruising experience that's made you doubt yourself and you might need to rebuild your confidence by reflecting on your successes or spending a bit of time in your comfort zone so that you can kind of feel good about what you're doing again. But just think about how do I get back to my best? How do I rebuild the relationships and, and my belief? And then the end is for next time. So this is about applying what you've learned from your mistake. It's about when you're faced with a similar situation next time, how would you approach things? How would you take all of this experience, the learning that you've got from this experience and do things differently next time so that you might not feel so stuck in the moment again? And I think what's also really important to say about the learn framework is you don't do all of this at once. <laughs> and um, and it depends on the sort of mistake. You know, sometimes you make a mistake and 
you can do all of this within 24 hours. Like, it's a small mistake. You know, you still need to get a bit of listening, explore some solutions, you ask for a bit of help, you sort it out together and you're kind of on to the next day and on to the next time. Or sometimes this takes a month or a couple of months or you might keep coming back to different areas of this. You also don't need to do it in order. It's helpful to have a learn framework to work your way through. But you might listen to some perspectives And then, you know, you might be in rebuild and then you might go back to that. You might go and think there's someone who I didn't get the chance to talk to the first time round. Because sometimes I think when you make a mistake, you have to quite quickly get into the explore and ask for help because you've got to fix it. Depending on what the mistake is, certainly I think Helen and I have both been in jobs where you sort of don't have loads of time initially. You can't do the listening. You can't do the real rebuilding or the next time just yet because you have got to sort it out. And I think that's okay too. If you need to do, right, what are the solutions? What are the options here? Let's do the exploring. Ask for some help, like make that happen. Often responding really quickly and including people and getting things fixed does an awful lot for both your reputation and your confidence. You know, people will forget you even made the mistake in the first place or or what they'll talk about is how well you responded to making that mistake. So again, don't feel like you're kind of like, oh, I can't even start fixing this until I've done a bit of listening you absolutely can kind of jump around I think just spotting what is most useful given the mistake that I've made what is most useful here think about learn think about where you might start and then use that to kind of frame your approach depending on your own context I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. So our idea for action number three, I think this is the scariest one of the four that we're going to talk through, is about sharing your mistakes with other people so that everyone can learn from your experiences. So this is you choosing to share your mistake with people who probably don't even need to know that you've made that mistake. And it's a very generous and growth mindset and squiggly career thing to do. 
And I think it's scary at the same time. If you're someone like me and you find making mistakes hard, this feels like, you know, something that would be in my courage zone rather than in my comfort zone. One way that Helen and I have found to do this that works really well and certainly works well for me as somebody who sometimes mistakes trigger more of a fixed mindset than a growth mindset for me is doing mistake meetings. This might sound horrendous. You might be like, the last (laughs) thing I want to do is be in a mistake meeting, another Zoom meeting where I have to talk about my mistakes. But essentially, the reason for doing this is to normalise and to realise that everybody makes mistakes And the more we talk about them, the more we can learn from them and learn from each other. And I think it really reduces the fear factor. And you don't have to call them mistake meetings. I think when we've talked to other organisations and other groups about this before, sometimes even the word mistake just doesn't feel acceptable or useful in their company. So it could just be a lessons learnt meeting or an even better if meeting. Maybe that's better language. To be honest, the content of the meeting would be the same. Call it something that you think people would respond really well to. And I think sometimes, you know, when I've worked with um, some startups before, I think mistake meetings would actually be really acceptable because startups are so used to, you know, you're finding your way as you go. You sort of have to make mistakes. That's sort of part of the process. Whereas if you're in a bigger company, perhaps these things are a bit harder. Certainly in my experience, it was harder in a bigger organisation. Mistakes, the word mistake wasn't something I heard very often at all, which kind of tells you a lot in its own right. Whereas actually, if we'd have had a meeting that was called Lessons Learned or Even Better If, I think people would have been much more comfortable and confident with that. That's what you want. You don't want people to fear the meeting itself. Otherwise, we sort of end up even worse than where we started. (laughs) So I think just, you know, you could do this with one other person, you know, someone who maybe you really trust and who's really supportive. You could just do this with your manager. You will know where this feels like it could be useful. But the point has to be, everybody is doing the same thing. So you could only do it with your manager if your manager is also prepared to share their mistakes. This can't be a one-way street. (laughs) But it doesn't matter what those mistakes are. You know, they can be very different sorts of mistakes. You might just think, in hindsight, I would have approached that meeting differently or I would have done that presentation in a new way or I would have added this bit of information in. They can be small, medium, large, everybody's mistakes, the range of mistakes will always be really different. But if you could come up with some sort of shared way, I think of talking about this more often, I think everybody's learning would accelerate as a result because you'd learn more yourself, but then you just learn from each other. So if you feel that you can, are brave enough to give it a go, it's certainly worth it in terms of what you'll get as a result. And our last idea for action is really all around not waiting for a mistake in order to learn from them. So I think everything we talked about today has been about how do you respond when it happens? So something's happened in your week and how do you respond to it in a constructive way and then, you know, reflect on it maybe with others. But this is about, well, if we recognise that mistakes help us to learn and that helps us to be resilient, then actually how can we do something a bit more proactive? And and one of the things that you can do is you can re-look at mistakes that you've made in the past, but look at them with a learning lens. So think about three mistakes you've made. In your career, this can be in the last year, it can be in your career, but basically get to a point where you can look back and think about, these are three mistakes that I have made. So I remember I've talked about one before. I I think I've talked about it when I was at Capital One and I launched this new product and it all went disastrously wrong and it was very hard and it required a lot of quick work to fix it. Now I've made other mistakes where I've let a manager 
to really get to me and really affect how I thought about myself and my work. And I've also made mistakes before when I've missed deadlines because I've taken too much on. So there's just three that happened to, to get me you in my career. Yeah, just to get you started in case it inspires any mistakes that you might have made. But get your three down. And then ask yourself a couple of coach yourself questions. So I think just, you know, give yourself a bit of space to reflect on these. But the first question is, what patterns can you see in how you might have contributed to that mistake? So again, we're taking ownership for this. So what did you do that kind of contributed to it? The second thing, what do you notice about how you responded to them? And the third question, what can you learn about them and your response to inform how you approach future mistakes? And so I did this for myself. I took those three I've examples. I've done this too. Like, this, is my, this, is, this is my favourite one. I, th- I think this is really helpful. <laughs> so my three that I talked about, and as I said, there are way more than three. They're just the first three that came to my mind. But I realised when I asked myself those questions about the patterns and my response and my learning, I realised that all three of them were connected by me not asking for help when I really needed it. Like in each one of those moments, there was a sticky moment where either I didn't know enough or someone was getting to me more than I wanted them to or I needed some help with a deadline because I wasn't coping. And it was my inability to ask for help in that moment of challenge that then resulted in the mistake. And it makes me think, oh... (laughs) when you were approaching that moment and I think I know when those moments happen but my first reaction is to force my way through it and I think I need to change my reaction to asking for help in that moment (laughs) that's really (laughs) she's laughing because she knows she knows (laughs) (laughs) oh oh yeah I could I could really see that in you okay well what's yours so I can laugh at you okay okay you can laugh at me yeah mine is different (laughs) mine is when I am working on something that I think is maybe for the first time or it's complicated and I feel overwhelmed but ultimately I don't understand you know like I don't have clarity in either what I'm asking or what I'm trying to do I sort of don't understand it for myself and then as a result because I'm not naturally detailed in terms of my approach to things I'm more sort of visionary or strategic I'm sort of higher up in my thinking I'm good at thinking about the future I'm, I'm kind of less good at kind of diving into the detail I make mistakes when I don't spot that I need to dive into the detail because we all need to do that at different times you can't kind of keep your head in the clouds the whole time essentially and I remember my one of my managers giving me a really useful I don't know if it's a metaphor or an analogy you'll be able to tell me in a minute of like almost imagine you're flying a helicopter you kind of have a natural height that you fly your helicopter, but there are moments where you need to land and stay still and make sure that you really understand before you take off and keep going. And I think because I'm achievement orientated, I sort of want to make progress and I want to keep going and I don't like landing and I don't like drilling deep. Thinking about all lots of mistakes that I've made, it's often because I sort of keep going regardless I was in a couple of teams where I started to get a bit better at that. And now I think I have, I now know when I need to stop and drill into the detail and make sure I understand it a bit more. And even now I notice that if I make a mistake, it's perhaps sometimes because I've sort of just kept going. So it's quite a specific Mm. one, but actually I can really see it coming up again and again. Like in my career, if I think about lots of the mistakes, like I say, I reckon I can remember most of them. (laughs) It's always because I just didn't, stop and really think something through properly and critically and yeah really dive into the detail and it's just I think it's because it's not something that comes naturally to me and because it's hard 
You know, like it's a bit mm. like avoiding something that's hard. So it's being prepared, I think, to do that hard thinking and to work your way through the detail. And it doesn't matter that you don't know where you're going to get to yet, but you've got to spend some time on it. Otherwise, you will make mistakes if you just keep going for the sake of it. You know what's interesting in listening to you, and maybe you get this in listening to me talking about those mistakes, is me knowing that about you and you sharing your reflections makes me think, oh, there'll be times when we're working on something that I could say, oh, do you think this is one of those dive deeper moments? Yeah. Or like, I think you said d- the drill down. Is this a time when you know, it might be good for you to drill down a bit more into it? Like, for example, in our business, I manage quite a lot of like the operations and things. And Sarah totally gives me the space to do that. But there might be some occasions where I could be like, this might be a moment that you want to, to drill down in it. And equally, Sarah could say, Helen, is this one of those moments where you need to ask for help? I think you can spot it. Yeah. Because, and that pattern that, that someone else might not have the perspective to once you know that that's kind of been something that's occurred. But you only do that if you have these open conversations about mistakes. So perhaps this isn't just about you doing this alone. This is about maybe you doing the reflection, looking back with a learning lens and then sharing that with somebody else so that they can support you to sort of stop those mistakes from reoccurring in the future. And this was the one where, you know, I said to you, I was like, I wasn't really enjoying reliving all of my mistakes. <laughs> but when I got to this point, I thought, oh, this is helpful. Relooking at your mistakes through a learning lens, I think helps you to reflect on your previous mistakes in a useful and helpful way. And then I hope that things like, you know, how to say sorry, the learn framework about responding and the mistake meetings, they're things that are really good to do after you've made mistakes, which again, everyone will make. And so I think the sooner you almost, you have to, it has to almost become like an acceptance. For me, I think I actually did have a, I think loads of people are better than me at this and everyone goes, of course, we're all going to make mistakes. But I think I did have to rewire a little bit my thinking of like, oh, you are going to make mistakes. That just is a reality. And you've got to accept that before you can do any of these things. I think actually that took me quite a long time. So we hope that that has been helpful to you, maybe helps you to reconsider the role of mistakes in your career and why they're not awful all the time, even though they might feel hard. Next week, really different topic. And we've got a guest. Exciting. It's exciting. It's really exciting. Sarah and I are going to be talking to Marianne Pasha, who is the director of TEDx London and TEDx London Women. And we're going to be talking to Marianne all about how to share your ideas with confidence. It's a big part of TED is about creating a platform that with ideas that can be shared and spread around the world and whilst we're not saying that everyone has to have some kind of TED level idea we recognize that ideas are a big part of most people's day-to-day like influencing other people with our ideas making our ideas stick making sure that we get support for our ideas and Mariam has helped hundreds of people share their ideas and create stories that inspire and create clear actions that people can take so we know that there's so much that we can learn from Mariam and how she's helped other people to share their ideas and share them with confidence and so we're really looking forward to that conversation and making sure that we create lots of actions for you and your ideas too and as always thank you to everybody who continues to rate and review whether it's our podcast or our book um they're those small moments of magic every week that helen and i get to realize that it's not just us talking to each (laughs) other or writing in a room by ourselves so we really do appreciate people who've taken the time to do that and if you have five minutes and you've not yet that would be fab too But that's everything for this week. Thank you so much for listening and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now. Bye, everybody. Planning for your next trip? 
elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 